0: Hey there, welcome to the Favorite Church podcast. We are a church for imperfect people who want to know God and make him famous. In this episode, we'll be revisiting a message from one of our Sundays in church. Let's listen to our senior pastor, James Aiden. Hey, welcome to Favorite Church online today. I am, you have no idea how happy I am. I am so excited because I've got human beings sitting all around me today. Because of the new laws of the Filipino government, we are allowed up to 10% capacity of our building, which means that we can have basically 40 people in here. And so we got some of our staff, some of our great team that are here today. So I'm excited. You have no idea how happy I can walk through the crowd, social distance. Hello, Paul, Mr. Paul. Big time God. (laughs) Pastor Chap preached a great Taglish message, our first one. But I'm just so excited to be here. We've got cameras all over the place as well. We're going to have a good day. You know, I started... Uh, last week a series called I am a carrier in our church and uh and I love this series because it's talking about who we are as Christians and and also kind of on a just a another level who we are as people a part of favor church last week I talked about the presence of God you know when we talk about being a carrier and especially talking about carrying the presence of God when you're a carrier uh you, you don't just have a disease or an infection, you carry it and spread it to those around you. And last week we talked about how when we want to be a carrier with the presence of God, in our church we value the presence of God so highly, it's, it, we, it, without it, what are we doing? We can fake everything in our church except the presence of God. And I don't just want to be in an atmosphere where the presence of God is. I want to take it with me and I want to begin to carry it out to the rest of my world. You know, in every environment that you walked in, we talked about how there is one culture. If there's two cultures, one of those cultures will die at one point because only one culture will always exist. And in our church In our culture here, we have a kingdom culture, and it's made up of five different values, which makes up a whole lot of other things. Last week, we talked about presence. Today, the title of my message is simply this. It's, uh, I'm a carrier that prays. I am a carrier that prays. And uh, I want to talk about prayer. And I think that this is so timely today to talk about prayer, because tomorrow we start our mid-year Presence Week, which is our prayer and fasting week. For the next five days, Monday to Friday, we are praying, we are fasting. I want to encourage you uh, that if you've never ever fasted before, I want to encourage you fast. Uh, We believe, we've taught this in our church many times, that biblical fasting is fasting some sort of of food. But as well, I want to encourage you to fast anything that can be a distraction from taking you away from being intentional about spending time with the Lord. So some people say, well, I'm going to just fast, you know, social media this week. Cool. That's good because that's a distraction that will take time away from you and God. But biblically, the Bible is very, very clear that fasting is some sort of food as well. Why? Because as we go without food, we're saying, I rely on you to actually keep me going so whether it's fasting a food fasting a meal or fasting everything or doing whatever I don't care whatever it is Daniel fast uh, uh, liquid fast just make sure you know liquid fast doesn't mean that that you you know wait for ice cream to melt and then drink it uh, don't do that but you know whatever it is you know get your heart right get your get your uh, self prepared because I think God's going to do incredible miracles you know when we're talking about prayer 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 is is something that is so, so vital in our Christian walk and especially within our church. And prayer, even though in our church, right, I know this is going to sound a little bit weird, we have a department called prayer in our church. We've got a prayer team. It's people that have signed up to be a part of this prayer team. They pray in our services. They pray midweek. They pray for all the prayer requests that come in. We love it. And even though we have this prayer team, this sort of department that is this, this prayer team, the reality is this, is that prayer should not just be designated to the prayer team. And even though we have it, I don't, kind of love this idea of making this special team that's just uh, full of people that prayer, because what happens is this, is it means that as a Christian, as I'm here, if I'm Liz, one one of our, well, she is our exec pastor. She's great. If Liz is then a Christian and there's something going on in her life, what can happen is, is that when we have the prayer team over here, which is full of our spiritual people, Paul and Arlene, Albie's already shaken under the power of God, right? What happens is this, is that Liz... Be like, oh well, I've got this need. I don't need to pray about this because we got a prayer team over there. They're the ones that can pray, they're the ones that can do it. And she, what does she do? She delegates what should be her responsibility as a Christian to a department. No, that's not how God works. Prayer is for every Christ follower. In our church, we don't have a special intercessor department, right? Now, listen to me carefully because some of y'all are gonna get offended, and I'm totally fine with it. So I'm, I've grown up in church. And so if you're new to church, you don't even know what this is. So you don't even care, which is great. But, but there will be people that have grown up in church. And you know the intercessory department. And a lot of times it's full of old women that pray. And I just want to just firstly say this. Thank God for the old women that pray. I'm here because of old women that have prayed for me my whole life. But what can happen sometimes is that when you have this intercessory prayer department, right, where the interse- we're, the inter- we're, the inter- we're the intercessors. <laughs> Right, and they get, and it becomes this thing where where it becomes this group, and they're like the self-designated uh, eagles, like a, oh, I don't know what an eagle sounds like, right? Like, and and it's like they become these eagles that walk around be giving prophetic words all out in the foyer of church, and, and being the holy spiritual ones, and they're this, and and all of a sudden it's all the intercessory prayers, and and this this is my pro, intercessory. Uh, uh, prayer people are amazing I'm not talking about them as people I'm talking about the spirit that can sometimes grow which is pride because we are the ones that pray we are the anointed ones to pray can I tell you this if you have Christ inside of you you are anointed to pray there are people that have a larger capacity for it and and so they should Pray, and they should go, but but I never want to create in our church, because remember, this is about, you know, really talking about our church, who we are as a church. I don't ever want a department that is full of people, full of pride, that we are the intercessors, and we are above everybody else, and then we here, we feel so intimidated by the intercessors, and we just, do, I, I don't want that in our church. You know, even, even within our church, I'm very passionate about making sure that everybody knows that they had the ability to pray. You know, one of the things that we do in our church, and, and uh, Kate and I, we did this in our old church. My, my, my sister was so passionate about this and instilled it into us is, is we do prayer uh, in our services at the beginning of worship. Now, when we come back, can I just, I just want to time out. The moment we get 50% capacity allowed by the government, we are doing church. Uh, We are already talking about renting a larger venue so that we can have people in. Worship just before. I hope you felt what was in the room just before. I was crying just with 40 people around. There was just something different, this tangible atmosphere. So I'm so excited. So whenever uh, in in Manila here, when we get 50% capacity, we're going straight back to church but one of the things that we did that we may not be able to do for a season because of social distancing but we'll work it out how we can do it is that we invite people forward for prayer at worship whenever we start worship we go if you've got a prayer need come forward because we want we want every person that comes to church to be able to receive prayer for a need that they have and so people walk forward and pray and you know what's one of the things is I never go forward and pray for people people have asked me why don't you do that pastor Why don't you go forward and you pray for people like there's something. And and you know, the the reason why I rarely do it, I I do it sometimes if I feel the Lord leading me, but the reason why I rarely do it is this. I wanted to create a culture within our church that you don't need the pastor to pray for you. You know, one of the things that annoys me is when I've heard other people say this, oh, you know, I'm sick, I've got a cold, I've got this, can you pray for me? And they say this, oh, no, 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 you need this person to pray because they've got the gift of healing on their life. Yes, some people may have an enlarged measure of the gift of healing, but don't relegate and delegate to somebody else what God has called you to do. Every person has the measure of the presence of God in them and can pray. And so when I don't go down the front and pray, it's not because I'm lazy or it's not because I don't believe in it. What I'm trying to do is send a message that whoever from our team prays, the same spirit that lives in them is the same spirit that lived and raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that's in me. And so you don't need some pastor to come and pray for you. You just need a spirit-filled believer to come and pray. I love this, this quote uh, by Chris Hodges. He's a great, great uh, pastor in the States. He says, if God answered your prayers, would it change the world or just you? It's amazing you know what i found in prayer is that prayer can either reveal your generosity or reveal your selfishness and this quote is just so timely when it comes to this what a great quote and how we're praying are we are we praying prayers that are just for ourselves and they're good we should pray we should pray for our needs we should pray for our wants but if god really answered all our prayers yes would it change just us or would it change the world you know i got a couple thoughts about prayer in our church that i want to share with you and then we're going to pray, and it's going to be good. First one is this. Prayer isn't just about getting what you want. Prayer isn't just about getting what you want. Uh, Psalm chapter 37, verse 4, is a scripture that is beautiful. It's short. Uh, it has so much weight, yet is so taken out of context. It says, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so we think this. If I take delight in the Lord... I'm gonna enjoy, I'm gonna enjoy the Lord. And as I enjoy the Lord, which is easy, come on, it's easy to enjoy the Lord, to enjoy his benefits, to enjoy his gifts, as I enjoy the Lord, then I'm gonna get the desires of my heart. So if you're single and your desire is that girl or that boy, you know who I'm talking about, and they're there and you're like, oh, as I take the delight in the Lord, then the desire's gonna come and I'm gonna get what I want, get what I want. That's not what the scripture is meaning. In fact, when it talks about taking delight in the Lord. What happens is as you delight in the Lord, he will begin to shape, change, and mold your heart and mold your desires to reflect his desires. This is actually what that verse means, and it lines up with the teaching on prayer in the rest of the Bible. It lines up with what it says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. It says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, ready? And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Again, people are like, oh, great, I, I can just ask, him, whatever I ask, I'm going to get. No, the key in this scripture is this, is that if we ask anything according to his will, if it's according to his will, he's going to say yes, because it's his will. So how do you get his will? Take delight in him. As you take delight in him, he'll begin to change your heart. I I joke about this all the time, but it's true. If it's his will for you to have a Ferrari, God bless you, then pray for it, and then come and pick me up. (laughs) Let's go for a spin. That might be God's will for your life. I don't know, but if it's not God's will, then stop praying for it. Take delight in him and as you take delight in him, you'll begin, your heart will begin to change and it'll begin to come in line with what his desires are for you. The depth of my prayer life is not about what I want from God and getting what I want, but developing a deeper relationship with him through conversation. You know, answered prayers do not determine the success of my prayer life. Greater trust in God is the true fruit of an active prayer life. Some people think, oh, look at that person, all their answer prayers. Man, they must be so close to God. No. Answer prayers don't determine your success. It's a greater trust in intimacy because prayer is ultimately, here's the thing, right? As much as we pray for needs, we pray for wants, and we pray for breakthroughs, prayer is ultimately about growing more intimate with God and this helps me so much because whenever i'm faced with these thoughts now listen this is one of the thoughts that i'm faced with and if i'm faced with it as a pastor uh, i'm sure you're faced with this all the time is this why do i need to pray if god's already you know got everything worked out and it's going to happen anyway right? Have you ever thought that? Like, why should I pray then? Because it's already going to happen. God knows the beginning from the end, so it's going to pray already. It's not like I can just change God's mind and now he knows everything. Well, here's the thing. If you've reduced prayer to just praying for things when you want something, you're not praying to God, you're praying to Santa Claus. If that's all prayer is for you, like, I just want what I want and pray for, or what's the point of praying because it's already going to happen? No, you've just reduced God to a big fat white guy in a red suit that's coming down your chimney at Christmas time, which is the weirdest thing to tell our children. Right, that's all you've reduced God to. But if you look at what prayer is, which is this, it's an intimacy that is building a relationship with God, then no matter what God's answer is, you're building relationship with him. And God always answers your prayer. The thing is, sometimes the answer is no. Oh which we hate. We hate it when he says no. God, I want that person. No. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he always, some people are like God's not answering my prayer. Yes, he is. He said no, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or he said wait, yeah. or he said not yet. Yeah. Yeah, I've taught on this before. Intimacy, right? Intimacy equals trust, and there's no way that's better than to build your trust in the Lord than by being okay with his no. There's no better way to learn trust than by submitting to a no when really you want a yes. You know, when people say, you know, just about my leadership as a leader, people go, man, I trust you, James. I'm like, cool. I don't believe you. People are like, what? That's <laughs> That's weird. I don't believe anyone trusts me until I say no to something that they want a yes, and yet they still submit. Because you don't trust me. It's easy to follow someone when you agree with everything that they say. That's not trust. That's agreement. Trust, true trust, is when you're looking at someone and go, I, I think that we should do this, but you're choosing this. But because I trust you, I'm going to submit to you. And, I'm going to, and, and, and when you have trust, you then have intimacy. And those people that I have led that have said, you know what? I, I actually think it's this way, but I'm going to trust you because you're the leader. You know what happens? We always become more intimate in our relationship. Why? Because I feel their trust. I feel the submission. And it's the exact same with God. One of the greatest ways to grow your intimacy with God is to accept his no. No and is to be okay with it. And if we approach prayer as an opportunity to grow deeper in our relationship with God, then it aligns us to his will. And no matter what the answer we receive, we will have trust and intimacy and it will grow. And ultimately, prayer is a conversation with God. That's what it is. People try and, 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 and complicate prayer, but it's not that complicated. Prayer is a conversation. What do you do when you converse? You talk, and then you listen. Some people in your life, like Albie, don't listen a lot. They just talk. (laughs) But over time, they learn to listen. Good. Good. Right. Conversation. You talk, and you listen. And as I talk, You begin to hear my heart. And as I listen, I begin to hear your heart. And we converse. That's what prayer is. That's why I love speaking in tongues. Shakarubah. I love it, I love speaking in tongues because when we begin to speak in tongues, what's happening is is that we're having this conversation with God, this this heavenly language with God that we're speaking. And it's this connection straight from us to him. And now, here's what's cool about God. I I love the way that, that God always seems to bless us whenever we give something to him. We don't give something to him just to receive the blessing. When I worship God, I'm not doing it just to receive something, I worship God because he is worthy of my worship but I love that God is a generous God and every time I seem to worship God I seem to get a measure of his presence come back on me when I speak in tongues even though it's a prayer language that I may not understand what I'm saying but my spirit is praying and connecting with God what I love about it and the book of Jude says that I actually edify and build myself up when I pray in tongues And it's a conversation that I'm happening with God. I mean, Paul, the Apostle Paul that wrote three quarters of the New Testament said in 1 Corinthians, I thank God I speak in tongues more than all of you. That is a glowing endorsement of speaking in tongues in your prayer life. I want to encourage you that if you're not filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, reach out to us right now, write on it, say, hey, I want that, I want that, and we will come and pray. What's awesome is on our online church platform right now at live.favor.church, you can actually go there and type, I want prayer, and one of our prayer team uh, are going to actually pray for you. And if you want to be filled, I believe that God is powerful enough that he can fill you with his Holy Ghost right where you are and you can begin to speak in tongues. It will take your prayer life to a whole new level. And when we speak in tongues, it's not just about speaking in meetings, not just about doing it in prayer meetings, but it's doing it in your everyday life. I speak in tongues when I ride my scooter to work. People just think that I'm some European guy speaking on the phone. <laughs> right? But I'm speaking in tongues. Why? Because it's in that prayer that I, and I love speaking in tongues as well, because you know why? I, it's a reflective of that statement I made, because as I'm praying, I know that I'm not just praying for myself. I'm praying for things that I may not even be aware of, but I'm praying for it. And I know that my, ch- my prayers will change the world, not just myself. Second point is this. Prayer is the first, not the last option. Prayer should never be our last option. It should always be our first option. It should be our first line of defense and also our first line of attack. And it's amazing how many people try and work everything out before they pray. And I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying this to me. I do this. I do this. We try and work. We got a problem. What do we do? We go to the bank we got a problem, we go to the doctor. We go to the psychologist, to the counselor. We go to the personal trainer. We go to, <laughs> we go, we go to all these things, right? And so many times as Christians, listen, we would all say that prayer is important. But, and I'm not trying to say this to shame you or guilt you because I want to be the first to say I have done this many times where I have gone to the human solution that I have control over first rather than going to God in prayer first. Now listen, all these things are great. Go to the doctor. I'm not one of these crazy preachers that's like, no, just pray. No, go to the doctor. But on your way to the doctor, you better be praying before you get there. Go to the bank to work out your issues with your loan. But on your way there, you better be praying on your way there. When you go to that psychologist, psychologists are great, but pray on the way there and pray on the way home as well. Prayer should be the first line. Not just the last option. And this happens. And, and, and listen, I'm talking just to church people at the moment with this. But of course, we know this happens with unchurched people all the time. Why? We have so many people turn up in our church. Why do they turn up? Because someone they love is sick or they're sick or they have no money. And what do they do? Well, I got nothing left. Doctors have said there's no hope. So what am I going to do now? Well, why don't we try the big fella upstairs? <laughs> right? So you know what I'm saying when I say that prayer is so many times looked at as sort of this last option. I'll try and do everything else before I get there. No, prayer can't be the last option. It's got to be the first option. I remember uh, last year, my daughter, Sienna, uh, who during this lockdown period has just been an angel. Uh, if you're a part of our church, you, you, with, you I. You know my daughter Sienna, and if she's watching right now, I love you. Her, she has just grown so much in this lockdown period. I am so proud of her, and uh, and she's she's wild. She's going to change the world. Uh, but now she's listening to me already, which is just prayer works. Everybody, look at me. Prayer works. I just want you to know, my daughter, prayer works. I pray over her. Every I've cried tears about you, and prayer works, right? And so my daughter Sienna, right? Uh, she hurt her arm. And and she hurt her arm. She fell. She hit her arm. And she was sitting on the couch. And she was, a uh, screaming in pain. And as a parent, and all the parents, you know this. As a parent, you know the difference between a I'm crying because I'm a kid, and I'm crying because of actual pain, right? You know, right? It, 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 there's a difference. Whether it's your wife or your child, you know that 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 cry of, of pain. And uh, and her 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 cry that she began to cry and scream. It wasn't just. I'm a, I'm a three-year-old brat that's just crying. It was this genuine, something is wrong with my arm. And I remember Kate, Kate and I rushed out, and it's so good having you here as I preach. I miss you so much. I haven't been able to touch you in four months because of social distancing. Uh, so, so Kate and I ran out, and Kate began to, to touch her arm. And even as, as Kate just went like this, just touched the arm, her cry, it was like this scream of pain, and I was there. And I, as a dad, you're like, oh, we've never had a broken bone before in our family. You know, uh, how are we going to do? You know, like, uh, how are we going to do this? Where's the hospital? And uh, and so, in that moment, both Kate and I just just laid hands on her and just began to pray. God, whatever this is right now, God, we pray that you would heal it. If its bone is broken, if it's out of my like, heal it now in the name of Jesus. And she's like, yeah! and she's screaming, "It's what?" But it's the first thing we did. And and then you know, what was the second thing we did i went to the doctor listen to me go to the doctor on the way there she's there she's crying and, I, and i'm praying and i'm laying hands on god heal her right now whatever this is and if not help the doctor to be able to find out what it is and i'm praying on the way we go to the doctor she begins to get a little bit better we go we take x-rays we do the whole thing by the end of the time that we were there with the x-rays they came back she was not crying the x-ray came and showed nothing wrong with her arm We went and had lunch, and she was just went back to screaming and crying at lunch as a three-year-old brat, not because of her arm at the time. And here's the thing. I'm not saying the arm was broken. If you want to, you know, say that, then that's fine. I'm not going to say that. But this is what I know. We prayed, and the arm wasn't broken. And I believe that God did something in that moment. I really do. And what I'm most proud of is not that God did something, but the first reaction that my wife had and, both I, and I had was this, let's go to God in prayer. Let's go. And I could tell you story upon story of people that have gone to God as their first reaction. Go to God first, not last. Go to him first. You know, when we pray, I said this before, but I love this thought about prayer being both attacking and being defensive. The way that we usually pray as Christians is defensive. What does that mean? We pray reactive prayers something happens. Oh, God, you got to come help me. You got to come help that situation. COVID's here. God, help us, right? We pray this almost defensive, we're on the back foot, and we're reacting prayers. And, and those prayers are good, and we should always pray them, and they'll always be needed in life that we do. But but I want to encourage you to not just pray defensive prayers, but to pray attacking prayers in your life, where you wake up in the morning, and you don't wait to get sick before you pray, but you wake up and declare over yourself, hey, God, today, keep me safe keep me healthy today god today i pray for financial prosperity in my life to come over myself and my family and the people around me and as we begin to pray these attacking prayers what are we doing we're praying against the devil it's a battle out there i'm not going to call it a war It's a battle. Why? Because the war's already been won through what Jesus Christ did. The war is over, but we have spiritual battles that we have to fight every day. Now, listen to me. Don't go searching for a devil under every doorknob. Don't do it. Don't wake up and spend 30 minutes every day loosening this and binding that and renouncing this and shoo, 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 getting the blood of Jesus on this and on that and on everything. Right? Don't, don't start looking Why? And, And I'm not saying that it's not, I just said we're in a battle. There's spiritual warfare going on. There is a battle, but here's the issue. When you wake up in the morning and start looking for the devil under every doorknob, you are praying for victory instead of praying from victory. When you wake up and pray from victory, you don't need to go looking for the devil. You just pray prayers of light. And the light goes out and begins to find the darkness. And there are some things, hear me, I'm not saying don't do it. But what I'm saying is this, don't put all your effort and energy into making the devil bigger than what he actually is. The church, the church has given the devil more power than anyone else because of how we pray. we pray. We pray like the devil's actually got power over us. He doesn't. Pray from. Victory. The Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So why don't we live like we actually believe that no weapon against us is going to prosper? Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6 about putting on the the, the spiritual uh, armor of God. He talks about both attacking and both defensive bits of this armor. And then at the end of this beautiful passage in Ephesians 6, he gets to verse 18 and he says this. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the lord's people pray also for me that whenever i speak words may be given uh may be given me so that i will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which i am an ambassador in chains pray that i may declare it fearlessly as i should paul is saying pray attacking prayers He's saying, pray in the spirit and pray for me. Why? Because I'm about to preach the gospel. So I need you to pray for me so that as I preach this, pray an attacking prayer that we're taking ground back from the enemy. Church, favorite church. If you're watching from another church, God bless you. Or you don't go to church, God bless you. But favorite church, could I ask you this? Could you pray for me and for all the other pastors in our church as we preach the mysteries of the gospel that it would be made known? You know, when you actually begin to pray for your pastors, you're not just praying for yourself, but you're praying for the world, that as we reach out into the world, that that as I speak, that the mysteries of the gospel would become uh, uh, unmysterious to people and they would be able to grasp who Jesus is. Pray for us. Pray attacking prayers for us, not just defensive, reactive ones. My last point is this. You doing okay? Are you guys doing okay? So good to have you all here. Jay! All right. Third last point is this. Prayer shifts the atmosphere. Prayer shifts the atmosphere. Have you ever been in a room? Have you ever been in a room where people started praying? And it just, you're like, ooh, something just happened. It It just shifts. Right now, there's people watching that the atmosphere in your room is anxiety. It's fear, it's depression, it's loneliness, it's bitterness, it's anger, it's bad relationships that you have, right? And what happens is is that when you begin to pray, prayer has the ability to shift atmospheres of not just a room, but of your life. It says this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace, I love this verse, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? That simply means this, it says, hey, uh, uh, don't be anxious about anything. Well, how about this? The Bible said anything. Well, how about my relationship? That doesn't include in anything. How about my finances? I don't have a job, I got fired in COVID. That's okay, that's included in anything. All right. So don't be anxious about it, but instead pray about everything. What's everything? Even that relationship. Yep, that's everything. Pray about it. Pray about it. And this is what's going to happen. As you pray, you might not get a job. The scripture does not say God will answer your request the way that you want him to answer it. That's not what the scripture says. You know what the scripture says? It says, don't be anxious, pray about everything. And this is what's going to happen. As you pray, the peace of God, which transcends, you are not going to understand fully what is happening, but it is not just going to come upon you. I love it. This has been a revelation that I've been uh, uh, really delving into recently, that the peace of God is not just going to come on you, but is actually going to guard your heart. That, that's a different ball game. It's not just coming on you, but it's guarding your heart so that when you walk into atmospheres and you struggled with depression and with loneliness and you walk into an atmosphere full of depression and loneliness, God's peace is gonna guard your heart from entering in and falling back into that depression or falling back into that loneliness. So what do you do? If you know you're going there, begin to pray. Yeah. Begin to pray. If you got issues with your family and it's Christmas time, what do you do? Pray. When you're driving there, pray. When you're there, speaking tongues under your breath. Do it, pray. The peace of God, which you won't even understand, it will come and it will guard your hearts and your minds. Prayer will shift your environment. Peace will come. It's hard to fight with your spouse if you pray. Come on, married people said amen. You got it, Willem. It's hard to fight. It is so hard. It's it's hard. Me and Kate have had, me and Kate, Kate and I have had wicked fights. Wicked. I don't know why you're saying amen, John. Like you've been there? Have you been? We've had a few in my office as well. That's when the blind goes down in the office. People think we're kissing, we're not, we're fighting. And uh We've had, some, we've had some amazing fights, and there's been moments, it's usually me, at the end that says, come on, let's pray. And, uh, and, and what's awesome is is when she's, when she's still angry, because it's like, I'm like, come on, we need to pray. Right? She, she don't want to do it. Why? Because when you begin to pray, your heart changes, and she don't want to change. She, she wants to stay angry. She want, she want to hold on to that anger like a soft cushion wrapped around her chest. I don't want to let go of my anger, right? And the moment that I begin to pray, what happens? Heart begins to soften, right? Now, I know that makes Kate look bad. I don't mean to dishonor my wife, uh, but, you know, that happens all the time. And uh, what happens with us? It softens our hearts and we begin to pray. And there's been so many times where we've, we have fought big fights. Yeah. We, are, we are an imperfect couple leading an imperfect church. So if you're married and you fought and you think, does anyone else do it? Yes. <laughs> you should see Pastor Willem's marriage. And uh, <laughs> Come on now, right? We have had fights, right? But when we pray at the end, something happens. And, and it, there's a shift in the atmosphere of our room. There's just something that shifts and changes when we pray and, and, and God comes in and he softens it, whether it's our marriage, whether it's your, your finances or your business, or whether it's your relationships, I am praying that there would be a shift inside of us. I'm believing this year in our mid, mid-year Presence Week fast that there's going to be a shift in the atmosphere of your business a shift in the atmosphere of your unemployment right now, a shift in the atmosphere of your family or your relationships, what are we doing? We're seeking God, we're putting aside food, we're putting aside distractions, and we are relying on God. We're saying, God, I'm really hungry. This is why it's so good to fast food, right? Because this is the Philippines, come on now, if you're watching in the Philippines, what do we do? We love Jesucristo and we love food, right? And so. So what we're saying is, God, I'm putting aside food and I'm trusting you that even though I'm hungry, I'm not gonna die. Because sometimes we feel like that after one meal. That's why I love fasting food. Because it, it, it builds something inside of me. Go, God, I really need to trust you. And so, what we're doing, we're putting aside food, we're putting aside distraction. We're saying, God, I'm trusting in you. I need you in this season. I'm praying that that depression in that household would be gone in Jesus' name. The atmosphere to be shifted, those relationships that you're struggling with, that the atmosphere would change instantly. You know, through prayer, we seek the kingdom of God. As we pray, We are seeking the kingdom of God. And you know what the Bible tells us about that? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says this, but seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Prayer, when it comes to our church, when it comes to who we are as a church, prayer. This is a value that makes up our culture. Prayer is not our last option. It's our first option. It's our first option. Attack, and it's our first defense is prayer. We believe that supernaturally through prayer, people can be healed physically of. Of illnesses in their body. We believe that finances can just grow supernaturally. We believe relationships can be healed and mended and restored. We believe what? We believe it through prayer. And if all those things that we pray for don't happen the way that we want it to happen, ultimately, you know, it's the greatest thing about prayer you and I will become more intimate with Jesus. If you're sick in your body right now, Being more intimate with Jesus is worth more than a healing in your body. I don't mean to to just devalue whatever sickness you're going through, but that's how much weight I'm putting on what it means to be intimate with the Lord. You're going through financial troubles right now. Hey, we're going to pray for it. But can I tell you, it means more instead of getting that paycheck or getting that job, it actually means more to be intimate with Jesus. But how can you be intimate with Jesus? Well, to be intimate with Jesus means that you have a relationship with him. And maybe you're watching this right now and you don't have a relationship with Christ. Maybe you've never come to that point where you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. You know, uh, the Bible's so clear that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, it's because sin is in between you and God. And that sin is all the stuff that we've done, every way that we've lived that's outside the boundaries of how God would want us to live. And in order to come to God the Father, we have to come to Jesus, and we have to acknowledge what he did on the cross, which is dying and then rising after three days, defeating the grave. And and he did that, why? So that it would make a way for us to come to God. And now all we have to do is come before Jesus and ask him to forgive us of our sins. It means admitting what we've done is wrong. Some, that, that's really tough because that hurts our pride. To admit that we've done things wrong, that attacks our pride. But it should attack our pride because pride is the root of all evil. And if we have pride, we can't come to God. And so we come to Jesus, we say, forgive me of my sin, and ask him to come into our life. And in that moment, his Holy Spirit comes and begins to live inside of us. Maybe you've never, ever experienced that before. Or maybe you did it a long, long time ago, but you walked away from God. You you turned your back on God and church, all that kind of stuff. Well, I want to give you a chance to respond right now. So if that's you, St. James, that's me. I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer with me. It's a prayer reflecting what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 10 when he says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So I want to pray that prayer. So if that's you right now and you want to pray with me, please put your hand on your heart wherever you are and repeat these words with me. Everyone here is going to repeat these words with me as well. So say, say dear Lord Jesus, I come to you right now and I ask you to forgive my sin. I believe that you died on the cross, but you rose again from my sin. So please come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my best friend. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, that's the greatest thing. Come on, we are cheering, we are excited. If you prayed that prayer, it is the greatest prayer, the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life and we want to know that you prayed that prayer right now please let us know type it in the in the chat box in youtube or in facebook or in kumu or if you're on an online platform you can just click that box that says i prayed that prayer please let us know because we want to contact you check the spam messages of your facebook because we want to write to you and connect with you because the christian journey is not meant to be done alone It's it's difficult enough in family, let alone if you're doing it by yourself. And so I wanna encourage you, reach out to us so that we can pray with you and connect with you. You know, for the rest of us, I just wanna encourage you, we're not gonna have a big time of worship or or even a big time of prayer because of this reason. This whole week, we're about to pray and fast. And I wanna pray for you just right now and for all of us that are here, that this week, that you would really reach out for God that whatever you're praying and believing for, and I'm praying, I'm praying along with you. We got different things that we're praying for corporately. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every day we're praying for things corporately. But whatever your individual prayer is that you're praying, I'm believing with you. I am believing for that breakthrough. I'm believing for the increase, whatever it is I'm believing for. But ultimately, you know what my greatest prayer is? Is that by the end of this week, whether God said yes or whether he said no, that you would be closer to him. What does the book of James says? It says this, that if you draw near to him, then he will draw near to you. Ultimately, whether the answer is yes or no, that conversation with God should lead us into that intimacy. So let me pray for you right now. Why don't you lift your hands wherever you are. And everyone here, you can do it as well. And all our production guys too. God, I pray for every person with their hands lifted. Lord, this week as we enter into our, our week of praying fasting, God, you see all the needs that we have. You know the needs that we have. God, I thank you for the financial provision that's coming. Lord, I thank you for the relationships restored. God, I thank you for the physical healings, the cancers to go in Jesus' name, the blood disorders and diseases to go, the the protection against COVID and this, this virus, God. I pray for all those things, but ultimately above all, God, I pray that this would be a week where we draw close to you that regardless of a yes or a no, that our intimacy with you would grow. So God, I pray, let husbands and wives pray together, even for the first time, let it happen. Let families pray together. Let singles pray together, wherever you are in your life, that you would pray this week, that we would see breakthroughs and answered prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening in. At Favor Church, we're a family and we believe that the Christian journey should not be done alone. If something really spoke to you from the message, we would love to connect with you to talk it over. Or if you prayed the salvation prayer, we'd also love to be able to share more about the decision that you've just made. Please visit us at favor.church next to learn more. If you want to share this podcast with a friend, simply tap on the share button and send it through. We love you. We're praying for you. Till next time.